Today's episode of Chunky Glasses, the podcast, is brought to you by the Indivisible Guide, a practical guide for resisting the Trump agenda. It's a team made up of former congressional staffers uh, revealing their best practices for making Congress listen. That sounds like something we're all interested in, right? Right. Uh, you can donate to this group on their page at www.indivisibleguide.com. You can follow them up on Twitter, which is at Indivisible Team. Uh, we follow them. So if you just look at our followers, you can get it like that. They have weekly calls. They have put out emails. They they make uh, videos. They, they, they're keeping you informed so you can, uh, as the kids say, stay woke, and uh, we can maybe get some shit done. So that's Indivisible Guide. Uh, they are awesome. And now let's get on with the show. Welcome back to the basement, fellow music lovers. You are now tuned in to yet another exciting adventure with us here on Chucky Glasses, the podcast. I'm your host, Kevin. As usual, we thank you for joining us. It's going to be a good week here, uh, kicking things off with talking about one Ryan Adams' new album. He's uh, We're going to give you a little bit more history in a few minutes here, but he's one of the most enduring American singer-songwriters of the past probably 15 years, but one of the most prolific uh, two got a whole mess of albums out. Uh, he has a new album out called Prisoner, and uh, you know we've been taking it easy over here. So I just said, uh, call up my good friend Marcus Daly and said, "Hey man, you want to come hang out? You want to talk about some Ryan Adams?" He said, "Yeah." So that's what we're doing. Uh, we also, since Marcus is over here, took the opportunity to talk about the Grammys because <laughs> we can't let a good thing, a good scandal, or think piece. Like window die. Uh, no, we, we want to talk about the Grammys a little bit because uh, he's actually a member of the Grammys, and you all know what happened Adele versus Beyonce, Adele won. And we wanted to talk a little bit about the implications of that, how we feel about that, and uh, maybe get you guys involved in this conversation uh, about how you feel about it more so than uh, the Grammys suck because that's, you know, that's removing yourself from the conversation. So we're going to be doing all of that and uh, going to be playing you a track by a band called Ibibio Sound Machine. We have a new album coming out on Merge Records. I think it's March 3rd, and uh, it, it jams. And it's not what you would expect from Merge. So we're going to be talking about that at the end of the podcast. So if you're ready, if you are comfortable, if you have your beverage, if you are mentally prepared to take this journey of feels with us here, uh, I think it's time we head on down to the basement to check out uh, some Grammy talk and uh, some reviewing of, of Ryan Adams' new album, Prisoner. Like, <laughs> I respect your argument. I don't agree. <laughs> mm. God, now you're gonna get me. Yeah, no, 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 no. Uh, 
You ready? Yeah, ready. Go. Yeah, let's do it. Welcome back uh, to the panel. This is a one-man panel. Mr. Marcus Dowling. Hello, hello. Here uh, we. Uh, this is like a rarity for me. Like people don't know that this is like a thing that I like. So this will yeah, be fun. Yeah, like, I and mean, I didn't know if you if you'd be down for this. So basically, yeah. the story is is we we try to get a lot of these in the can. And the uh, Day Without Immigrants came up, and in right. case you didn't know, Eduardo is an immigrant. Yes, he is. He was naturalized not ju- just a few years ago. Uh, and instead of coming down and doing our, our work, I said, hey, man, let's go drink a bunch of beers. The end, re- <laughs> the end result was Fair. that we were all hungover as fuck on Friday. But uh, the, the show has to go on. I love how it happens on. with this podcast sometimes. Huh? I love how it happens with the taping schedule for this podcast yeah, yeah. sometimes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so, uh, but we're, we're here today to, to talk. Foxygen. To re- you <laughs> <laughs> said it wrong man right can't wait to get we're gonna Hi, review that again with marcus moore i think we should we should he's the, the biggest fox no, he's, hater on in the world right he's on record now good uh, but we're here today to talk about uh, a guy who's had a quite the prolific career ryan adams he has his 16th album out now it's called prisoner uh, it is out on his own label, Paxam, which we're going to talk a little bit about. Yeah, uh, it is uh, in in the vein. If you you like Ryan Adams, you're getting some more Ryan Adams. Before we get to that, though, I, I want to talk about something. This is a week late, uh, but that's okay. We take our time. This is because yeah. I think this might be a little important discussion. We're talking about the Grammys, right? Uh, I look. I watch them every year. I have since forever, and Ooh. and then now with Twitter, I watch it explode with indie kids being like, "Hey, Grammys suck," and you're like, "Well." First point I want to make about that is that uh, as a musician, if you made an album, you are eligible to vote in the Grammys. So if the Grammys suck, it is because of you. Okay. If you didn't vote, yeah. and you can back that up, correct? Okay. Yeah. The Grammys don't suck. Right. Um, the Grammys are the only thing that keeps the industry going. So if you like music, mm-hmm. and you like buying music, or you like listening to music, or arguing about music, you'd better damn well hope that like the music industry doesn't fall apart. And if you right. understand anything about the Grammys, the Grammys are not an award show. The Grammys are the awards given by the music industry's membership organization to its members mm-hmm. for the music they have made in the last mm-hmm. 12 months. Again, so that people get this right, Grammy is the Recording Association of America. Yeah. Like an association, like the the Teachers Association or the Postal Officers Association yep. or, you know, the the, the 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 Union of Sleeping Car Porters, you know, like yeah. they get together and because they're the the music industry, they could go to CBS and say, Hey, CBS, would you like to broadcast our Association Awards Gala? Mm-hmm. Which is, that's exactly what it is. Yep. So it objectively does not suck because you want these people who make the music that you listen to mm-hmm. to get together every year and largely fillet themselves. Because sure. you, you really want that. <laughs> like, because if that doesn't happen, then the music you like, it goes away. Yeah. And you're not able to buy it. It's not able to be marketed to you. Yep. Like, and and people frustrate me with that because it's like, if you want it to all be indie, then like, it's not going to get marketed well. It's going to get caught up in a slog with bad camp and it's going to be me, Marcus Moore, Jess Skolnick and you and, you know, a couple <laughs> yeah. other people deciding yeah. who wins the awards. And I, I, that I lo- doesn't represent like I, 99% of the music well, by and, populace. And that's a very good point. Like, I would love to think that, that we and, and the, the circles we run in have that power. But the reality is, 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 and this is, and I understand that it's frustrating, is that this, uh, what the results of this end up are the majority. Yeah. 
Like if you people are like, there's a secret. There's no secret fucking society. This is this is this is what the majority. If you of, have a hundred dollars and you work in and around music, you have to put out. You have to put out ten tracks, right? In a year, no, in in like five years. In five years, you can vote on these yes. awards. Yes, that's simple. And and if you're not, if if you have put out ten tracks and you don't have a hundred dollars to spend on this. You're doing it wrong. Right. 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 Exactly. So, so off that little soapbox, uh, I just wanted to put that out up front about it because it was ex- it was in- extremely frustrating, uh, especially considering this year what we saw was some fantastic performances. Yeah. The Bruno Mars performance was literally just walking up to the point where he announced that maybe he'll he'll pick up Prince's mantle. I mean, he already it, has. Uh, no, he has not yet. Well, he, he needs to get weirder. God. But, but, but having... Him play with the time, doing a print, yeah. like having that tacit endorsement. Well, to me, Prince can't exist again. No, you're right. Like, you can't do you're Prince right. again. You're right, but that music does. It doesn't mean that music goes away. It has largely right. gone away. But People I mean, try I don't to think emulate that Bruno it. Has to be weird to be any less Prince than he was when he got up on stage. Man, that's that another podcast. We're going to talk right. about like Forty Two Karat Gold or whatever that is because <laughs> that album's amazing. But but more amazing was Beyonce's performance, and more amazing than anything put out this year was Beyonce's album Lemonade. That is the standard bearer for what we want art to be, what woke art should be, yeah. what, what everything should be in 2017, in 2016 okay. when it was released. And that it lost to somebody like Adele, which people give her a lot of respect. I don't. <laughs> she makes she makes crappy pop music oh god that i understand a lot of people get but god. there's a lot of people that can sing you can't explain how she got from here to there but she is not by any stretch of the imagination a genius artist as some people have indicated no. she is an artist she sings and does stuff beyonce on the other hand is a genius artist so okay. so what do you think happened all right i can i can make this conversation i can make this argument very simply um the reason why adele won is that Adele is better within the machine that is the music industry. Okay. Adele is an artist who, if you are a producer, if you are an engineer, if you are a PR person, if you are a label executive, you want 150 Adele's on your label at all times because all they do is go into the booth and sing the song. Right. And for everybody else that's around that process... For them, it's like a joy because they don't, have to worry about, they don't have to worry about her like going out on the Sunset Strip and getting addicted to heroin and falling <laughs> out of the, the rainbow room. They don't have to worry about like... Well, do, do they really have to worry about that with Beyonce? Well, no. Well, you have to worry about her like, you know, singing an entire song about having sex with her husband. Yeah. True. Which you'll never get from Adele. So like yeah. Adele fits in a very narrow scope of what is successful. In the music industry, it's yeah. a very narrow scope. And for Grammy, Grammy again is a membership organization. Right. So for members of this organization, there's Beyonce, who went out and created an album that is her own personal declaration of independence and freedom in a lot of ways from the industry that is voting mm-hmm. on this award. Sure. So for people within the industry, they're going, okay, we can vote for this person who artistically, Beyonce put out this uh, yeah, yeah. bananas record. Or we can vote for the person that we know we want a hundred of on our label for the rest right. of the time at infinitum. So it's, so it's a political thing. It's completely political. 
as 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 those awards should be because Grammy is a membership organization. Right. So, but now we have two years in a row, two important years in American I mean, in, Ameri- in American history. I mean, can we we could go back? Yeah, we can. No, we can, well, we, we, can, we, we can go way back. Like we like oh, the number the number of people now. who the only person only black artist who went out in the year in like the, what the past fifteen years is Herbie Hancock. Yeah. Like. But, yeah. By the way, doing an album of covers of songs by white people. Yes. Right. And, yes. and, I, and I and I. God, if if, if and it's so hard to talk about this because it sounds like because we we have harped on this on racism in the industry and stuff. If you don't sit down as a voting member, and I, I'm talking now to people now who are hearing this and like, what? I can I can join the Grammys. Yes. If you don't sit down, Jamal Gray, Jamal join Gray. Grammy. Yeah. If you don't see Devon that, Bryant, aka uh, Dreamcast, join April Grammy. George, join the Grammy. Join Grammy. Like, do if, that. If you don't sit down and think, or fucking Louis Weeks, join the join Grammy. Sean Barna, join, join the Grammy. Grammy. If you don't sit down and, and not just consider the art that you like, like the best, which is something we have to do down here. Yeah, of course. Like, versus its meaning. Like, that, the context is so very important. So, for example, giving. Album of the Year, Taylor Swift, over to Pimp a Butterfly, which is the most powerful statement like in my lifetime on uh, a record. But that's but again, that's a membership organization. Yeah, staring at the future of music, and uh, this is my 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 favorite. Right. And what that says is though that people aren't participating. Right. Okay. And so like you also have to understand like when you think about like Grammy members, the music industry attracts two different kinds of people: the bottom end of the ninety nine percent. And the very top half of the one percent. Right. Those are the only people that the music industry largely attracts. You don't find somebody who's like reasonably middle class, making like milk toast, middle class, like inspired music, necessarily doing extraordinarily well in the music yeah. industry. You find people who are like in the top half of the one percent, or at the very lower half of like the ninety nine percent, exceeding you know exceeding like expectations of music. So these people vote for Grammy. Mm-hmm. And they go, and so you also have to understand too. Those people at the lower ninety nine percent, if we break it down to like black people, let's not get racial, but black people, these are people who go from that lower ninety nine percent to the one percent. They 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 jump over like right. seventy four percentiles right. of wealth, and they suddenly end up here. Janelle Monet, right? And they go, okay, so I can vote for Kendrick Lamar, who as a black person you're like, wait, or as a white person you're like, this 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 album is socially relevant, yeah. This album speaks to a thing that is happening in America that is very prevalent, but also as a member of this industry and I'm looking at my financial bottom line, if I vote for this record, then I'm allowing, because the music industry does nothing but follow trends, Right. right. I'm going to allow, and you also know what's behind Kendrick. You know that Schoolboy Q right. is behind Kendrick. You know that Absol is behind Kendrick. You know then that like Two Chains and Ludacris and Common yep. and n- mm-hmm. name a hundred artists that are all political and all like very intelligent people and we could all replicate the same kind of record that Kendrick put out are all waiting to do this record because they follow trends too. Yeah, <laughs> and they're all waiting to make this record. Right. They're all right. like, "Yo, if Kendrick wins." I get to double down on like my story. Which, the police to, which to them I say like, don't wait, make the fucking record. Right, but they can't because, because... if all the records that come out are this record, then there there's no choice. Yeah, any but... any vote is a winner. Right, but then the second you vote for Taylor Swift, you cut that entire movement off at the knees. For yeah, like, yeah, bang, it's done. Yeah, 
Yeah. <laughs> like, Similarly, when you uh, – I don't know if it cuts it off at the knees, but when you vote Adele over uh, Beyonce's album, I mean, she dude, she, she, she knew it. She and knew it she, from stage. And, she, and that was – I know people have had comments like, oh, she shouldn't have done that win graciously. That is gracious. Yes. Because Adele understands that she makes pop music. And Beyonce makes art. Here's a funny thing, though, about about all of the people who run the the, the American, largely American music industry right now. Mm-hmm. None outside of Taylor Swift, none of them are American. Right. Rihanna is is from Barbados. Yeah. Drake is Canadian. Yeah. And Adele that doesn't count. Come on. <laughs> oh, Drake absolutely counts. <laughs> yeah, I know. Drake, Drake, yeah, Drake, okay. got, Drake got all sorts of nominations. I know he did. <laughs> that are very telling. Uh, he when did. he when when, when a, a a Drake album is album of the year nominee, that's like okay, that's what we're doing now. But and then you have Adele, who's British, so they dominate American pop music. Mm-hmm. So understand that it's not like an American person looking at America going. This is right and wrong. Because if you're an American person looking at America, you're colored with this like American notion of right and wrong, up and down, race you know, racial versus post racial, all that. But like with Adele, she's like objectively British. And she's like, Wow, I shouldn't have won. Yeah. Because most of these people voting are, you know, for the most part American. Mm-hmm. And it's like I can't understand how these American people voted for me when the most relevant American record I know is by Beyonce. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. that's what she got up on stage. And people have to understand, that is what she got up on stage and said. She didn't say anything that was like radically political. She just got up so, on stage and politely made the comment, I don't understand how I won. And, and, I, and I think, honestly, this is, this is it's, it's, what happened in these past two years is a really good metaphor for what's happening in our country right now. If you don't participate, you get shit. Right. You have to. You have to. You have to participate. Now, in terms of the Grammys, it's just mildly frustrating. That that Beyonce did not win doesn't matter. It doesn't make the album any less great. It doesn't erase the fact that 20, 30, 40 years from now, if we're still here, um, that people are going to put, put that on and listen to it. Yeah. And they won't know who Adele is. Right. Like, I think, really think about that. Like, Adele isn't the pop star like old pop stars like Here's, Marvin Gaye, like oh back in the sixties. Like these are people that are going to drop off. As you know the what's decades so funny with by. Adele that always makes me laugh? The fact that her albums are named like nineteen, yeah. twenty one, and twenty five. Mm-hmm. Like when you think about that, you're like, okay, so in like a hundred years, you've got like Adele, you got like you got like Beyonce who like named this album Lemonade mm-hmm. and has like these like incredible songs like Formation on there, and you have like Adele who like named an album. 21 it has got rolling in the deep there's no like connection to really anything it's kind of like this amorphous nice sounding record yeah beyonce's like i have this album called lemonade it's called lemonade for a reason it's got roots in the ground man right and it's like the song is called formation yeah <laughs> it's like okay yeah. it, i see you yeah it is it is so uh yeah, basically, I just wanted to vent. Yeah, I, I no, just needed can, to, like, yeah, you know, this is this it. is a, this is a larger discussion, and I think, uh, uh, you know, I am working on a way to because you're you're a member, but you're not vo- you're a non-voting member. I'm a non-voting member. Of I am working in a way that we can become a voting member, uh, which that means I have to make an album. But and you that's should. neither here nor there. Uh, and you should. It's hard, bro. <laughs> I know it's but, hard. Uh, last thing before we get on the Ryan Adams, if Lil Uzi Vert could be a member of Grammy, uh, you could be a member of Grammy you're too. You're fucking right. Uh, Will Yachty is a member of Grammy. Well, we're making a trap record. Okay, of course like you are. Like your term of record. A single. <laughs> a single. Not a whole. 
That would that would you know that would crush me. I know, but you gotta but, make a track uh, record. Last thing before we get to Ryan Adams, I am, and I think you'll agree with this. I am so fucking glad that Sturgill Simpson did not even get close to winning the album of the year because honestly, with all the infrastructure change we have going on that we need in America, we ain't got time or the money to like widen the doors to hey, get hey, that big Sturgill, fucking head through the Sturgill, doors. Sturgill got his country nod, and that's yes, he all, did. Over Warren McKenna, needed. so yeah, whatever. That's man. all he needed. Yep. That's all he deserved. So, I mean, you get another 12 months now. Yeah, exactly. Because now you get the, the big pop tour. Exactly. Uh, Not 30 Club. With that, here's some, here's some 80s-inspired feels with Ryan Adams. I've been thinking about you, baby, but on my mind. Why can't I feel your love? Heart What can I say? Love me off of Ryan Adams' 16th album, Prisoner. Uh, as you, Mr. Dowling, so so poignantly pointed out, that's some straight up foreigner. Yeah, that's just a thing I want to address, uh, and and we'll address it right off the top, real quick. Background: This is, uh, like I said, it's a 16th album. This is a guy who's been around, kicking around since the late 90s in uh, in a band called Whiskey Town. If you don't know who they yeah. are, uh, and you're listening to this album, that's really fucking weird. But uh, they were an amazing group out of uh, Cary, North Carolina. Yeah, this is back when the North Carolina scene, North Carolina scene keeps coming up and down. It's kind of yeah, groovy. like Sylvanesso. You know? Yeah, yeah, and uh, and so they're back back there, and uh, they they actually they were a mess as a band to see live. They made three or four great great fucking albums, mm-hmm. and elevated Ryan Adams to a weird spot. Like he was doing things like singing. On uh, the sessions at West Fifty Fourth, you remember that show? Yes, of course. Uh, singing with Emmylou Harris on yeah. a Graham Parsons tribute, mm-hmm. which is something all, like at that point, all that stuff. At that point, he was like nineteen or twenty, yeah. like whatever, dude. Uh, but he started exploring songwriting, and then uh, in I believe it was two thousand, uh, Heartbreaker came out. And the Heartbreaker yeah. was Whiskey Town is broken up. A Heartbreaker comes along. Uh, Dave Rawlings and Jillian Welch are hanging out in the studio, and they're just like, hey, you want to make an album? And they do. It is, to my mind, one of the best uh, Americana, if you, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it it's, a, it's a motherfucker of an album. It, it is. Put, it and put it, them on the map. Yeah. It, it, it put them on the map in a serious way. Right. Because Whiskey Town was always a little more alternative yeah. in the way like Uncle Tupelo was. Right. You didn't, because look, like uh, Wilco was just like, Uncle Tupelo had broken up in that. Wake was people like Wilco, uh, Sunvolt split off that. That's the two direct things. But uh, there are a lot of other bands, and Whiskey Town went more country, more yeah. country with Tupelo. Since then, you went on a run of five albums that were more in the. I mean, uh, you can't you can't forget New York, New York after nine eleven, well, yeah, 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 which yeah. was the yeah. 
the yeah, trajectory that, that, moment. that was on his next album. That was on Gold. And yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That, and, and weirdly, I, because I like Whiskey Town so much and because I like Heartbreaker, I didn't pay attention to his stuff after Heartbreaker too much. Oh, man. And so well, for a couple of the world paid attention yeah, to Gold. Yeah, they did. Uh, for, so for a couple of years after that, he put out, a, up, I think, five albums until he hit a second phase of his career, which we'll call the dead phase. Yeah. Uh, again, to my mind, one of the best albums of this type of music, uh, Cold Roses. This is a duo of albums. It's Cold Roses and Jacksonville City Nights. Cold Roses was, it opens with uh, a song called Magnolia Mountain that is the best dead jam that the dead mm-hmm. would be doing if they had made it <laughs> in the yeah. 2000s. Uh, and uh, so he goes through that with the Cardinals. And the third phase after that, and I think it started probably with Easy Tiger. Yeah. Ditches the Cardinals and goes into this weird pop culture icon phase. And that's where we're now we're about four or five albums into this. And uh and for this album, uh he famously he said he wrote eighty songs. He wrote a lot of this about his divorce from Mandy Moore. Uh, I listened to Candy today by Mandy Moore. Yeah. Just so I could like get in the right frame of mind yeah. for listening to this record because it's like it, it, it's so funny. Like, okay, so like two points. Ryan Adams is like a great example of what happens when the music industry finds a guy. We're talking about the industry again. The music industry finds a guy. And they're like, this guy could do just about everything really well. So let's give him access. Right. Well, well, for the purposes okay. of like, for the purposes of like mainstream American listener to music, who is not cognizant of like, Wilco past like, that one Pop Wilco moment. Yeah. Like, they're just like, oh, Brian Adams, he's our he's our guy. Yeah, no, that's true. Like he's been it, that guy for twenty years. It's a lot of people who don't they don't want to wade into country music. No, and then, but he's their guy. But they like rock. They yeah, love yeah, rock, yeah, yeah. and they know yeah. the country is adjacent to yeah. rock. So they're like, okay, he's the, he's been that guy. God, there's a, I have another belief about Ryan where it's like he fits this space where like the music industry hasn't accepted country as pop mm-hmm. in a long long time they put country off in a quarter somewhere just to like make money and keep the the, the machine going it's like the yeah uh, the, the 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 hamster wheel in the quarter yeah and right now that one guy that like escaped the hamster wheel and is like allowed because he does the country thing yeah. in the midst of doing all of the rock stuff which is to put on this record because mm-hmm. this record does as we'll argue about yeah all of the rock yeah, things. Yeah, okay, okay. So it's like, okay, he's that one guy. So he's like, so he's had that, like, he's had a, this, like, he hasn't had, like, a superstar rock career, but he's had, like, a career of just being, like, above average enough to, like, <laughs> yeah. keep it so, going. So, so this is this is actually where I'm at with this. It's funny because we, uh, our, our friends Mail the Horse were here. Yes. And they're huge fans. And so of they, uh, are. they, uh, they were here uh, a couple weeks ago, and they were like, "Yo, can we can we listen to this?" And we did. Uh, and uh, I've gotten a few takes on them from it, and and what their takes sort of brought me around to this. You know, like you said, he's serviceable, he's competent, he he's done this, but I felt for the past shit five albums, maybe going back to twenty nine. Yeah, I don't know if that's five albums. Going back to the album 29, which was had some good songs, but as an album, it was terrible. <laughs> uh, you know, and I felt he just keeps remaking the same thing because he is very aware, uh, whether he's willing to admit it or not, of the industry he's in. Yeah. He is he is in the top, like, rarefied air of people, of, of the recognizability. He's on that, that Adam Levine level. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. So, 
So you can keep making the same thing over and over. Like Reg- Maroon 5 makes the same song. Right, exactly. And, and you can do that. But he tries to like fuck with the image by throwing shit out there like, man, I'm such a nerd. I like video games. And it's like it doesn't work at all when you hear this stuff on me. So I'm I'm sort of like my my bad reaction to all his latter day stuff is going to be, well, fuck this guy because he's just being dishonest with this shit. But then I started to think about it and I said, you know, I have that. That has nothing to do with the music. So if I'm just putting on this and listening. Yeah. This is like chart chop chart topping rock and roll. Yeah. So there's a thing with um, artists like Ryan Adams. I'm going to put like a blanket statement on this. Well, who's like him? Okay, so there's like, I mean, it's literally the only people that like run the music industry on the on the the, the white dude rock side. Yeah. It's like him and the 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 guy from Train and mm-hmm. the guy from you know Moon Five, Adam Levine. Like these guys who like are like the very last people left in the room in like the the the, the major labels who like have a guitar and are sort of kind of competent. At like making a very specific right. kind of song, and there's like three or four of these well, groups. It's, it's a break. shine down, you know. Like there's that, you know. I'm just, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm gonna name them. I'm yeah. gonna name names. Well, I mean, because it's a break from that indie like sensibility, yeah. And, and but it's not fully accepting his like his and on, at this point but, ass rock like popular music destiny. Yeah, he made a point in talking about this record and and still making this point. Uh, and we're gonna talk about it after we play a song. Yeah, uh, that uh, that. That this was an album that was full of like '80s sounding vibes. Yeah, as somebody who squarely grew up in the '80s, I am not feeling it. But but you it, listen to this stuff all but, the time. Yeah, I do. But 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 if if I am feeling it, and I think what he's going for, it might be the song "Shiver and Shake." So yes. let's, let's check it out. Midnight come and I can see you in the air. Hear your voice and your fingers through my hair. I reach out for your hand, but I know it isn't there. Pick up my phone, sugar and stare. Morning coming early every day. I can barely sleep, I've been lying here awake. Close my eyes, I see. With some guy Laughing like you never even knew I was alive Like Shiver and Shake, that is uh, – anybody, I think, if you're talking about the 80s and you say – you look for albums that you have to be a fan of. One of those is Bruce Springsteen's Born in the USA. Yep. And he – look, he's a huge fan of, of Bruce Springsteen anyways. Obviously. <laughs> Obviously. But that that is directly like I'm on fire with less less creepy lyric. Exactly. Like, hey, little girls, your daddy home is not <laughs> a good look oh, for anybody. That's not a good look for anybody. I think um, everybody has that moment with Born in the USA when you listen to I'm on fire and they just go, oh. Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's like the musical equivalent of the word moist. Yes, <laughs> but Shiver and Shake is not that, uh, no. and, and it is a good attempt at, at aping that. And it's talking about 
you know, this is that's an explicit divorce song, or yeah. maybe it's not. Maybe it's he was in some pretty high profile relationships uh, outside of that. Yeah, and uh, maybe it's talking about her. Nobody knows. It right. doesn't matter because what his very specific talent that he's that he excels at is taking these sort of generic emotions. Yeah, and then making them into a song that people who want to feel generic emotions are going to feel. Right. Which is the, both the good part and the bad part of Ryan Adams. So, yeah. It also makes it incredibly clear why he covered, which is still one of my favorite albums of his, 1989 by Taylor it's so Swift. Good. It's so it's so good. It's so good. And it's because he was able to take these she they they write about the same things at the same level of maturity, right? And he was able to take these and then just put it through his lens of musical, and it. It didn't change the context one bit. Yeah, it's a there's a funny thing about um lowest common denominator pop, mm-hmm. um that that people have to understand. Like there's like two different kinds of pop. There's like highfalutin like you know blood orange mm-hmm. style pop music that's like I am attempting to create stuff that's for the highest common denominator of music fan. Yeah. Then there's the stuff like this, which yeah. is for like the lowest common denominator fan, and most people. Most people are lowest common denominator music fans. So when you think about that, and you think about this record, like, and also you think about his career in general, like, everything about Ryan Adams, like, the narrative changes for every album. That's what I was about Ryan Adams. I get excited when his record comes out because I'm like, what's the narrative going to be this time? But yeah, we have to be clear. The narrative... Of what they say the album is yeah. versus what the album right. is. And then once you hear the record, it's literally at the bottom. Yeah. Like you listen to it yeah. and you're just like yeah. like you're I'm expecting like to listen to this and I'm expecting to hear like maybe like some some like some twinges of something that's like Mandy Moore esque, maybe taking a dig, something something I'm, cool. I'm, I'm expecting to be devastated on the floor and I and I'm just not. Right. And it's like and, but when you listen to it, it's like literally it's like bang. Okay, this is for ninety nine percent of the people who listen to like yeah. What ninety four point seven or whatever the what one hundred seven point three? What, what is this radio you speak of? Yeah, one hundred seven point three FM yeah. radio. You know, like at the baseball game, seventh inning stretch thing. You know, so is that a problem? No, because we we're talking about this album. It's, like, he won. Yeah, it's not he, at he all. Wins. It's not at all because like the 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 sixth sad thing about like music right now is as like a, a thing is that like the stuff at the top fuels the stuff at the bottom. So, like, you have to, like, accept that, like, if you really like Kamasi Washington or if you mm-hmm. really like priests, <laughs> this stuff at the top, especially if you like priests. Yeah. So, point. If you like priests, if you like Pink White House, and you think that this is a pop record that the entire world should hear, yeah. you want Shiver and Shake to be played on every single station 27 times a day because the return of that investment allows for pink white house to get like two plays every hour yeah that's all that's all you want yeah. because that starts the machine going are, are you putting priests on the level of ryan adams are you I'm doing that, that in somebody's basement? gonna do that by the end of the year yeah yeah somebody's gonna say to Kay Alsker is like the next great female american songwriter oh yeah no no she it's, she's gonna diva out on the grammys i mean i'm just i'm just saying that you heard it here first yeah. I, I hate doing being that 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 type of reporting, but that, <laughs> it's, that, it's gonna that, happen. that's going to happen. Right. Uh, no time to protest there. Yeah. <laughs> um, Never that. You know, yeah, it, and, and that's my thing. I can't find myself I, – I'm, I'm not drawn to this, 
at all, but at the same time, I can't find myself disliking it. Yep, if, because- I put, if I put this on in the background, I'm like, oh, Ryan Adams has feels. To the point of your narrative thing, that is that is what it actually confuses me every album he comes out with. There's an art to press that yes. I, th- uh, I think him and his reps, regard I, they will vehemently disagree uh, because they sell all the records. But I think it's right. because they don't understand why the records get sold. Because I think they know exactly why the records get sold. They don't have to do anything. But the way they try to sell the records is they make up this mythology about Ryan Adams that just simply isn't true and and try to sell it with that. And every album comes out, it's about this and it's about this. You you would think he is the most like emotionally abused person in the world because yeah. everything and, – and look, I get he's a fragile flower. I, I get that. There's fine. But again, that comes across in the music that he when, – when it comes across, and it's very rarely – you are devastated by it. Yeah. And he is so far out of that mode. And it's weird to see when the pretext of this is a divorce album that doesn't but, like, okay. that, look, I'm divorced. I have feelings about this. Uh, okay. So that it doesn't de- like a, a song that- called Hound House. Fuck you, dude. That's the, that's like a sixth grade <laughs> metaphor. <laughs> not, like, not, that not that I've ever been married in life. Right. But I, I will say this about that, that narrative. And how comic it is on this record, and not that not that I've ever dated a pop star, but he was married to Mandy Moore. Right, right. Like this is not like being married to like Melania Trump or yeah. being married to like to, Michelle Obama. To, They're to, married to like to, to quote our friends, uh, male horse. This is prime balonialism. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yes, it is because it is just it's it's malarkey. Like. If you try to look at this as like a serious, but, but there's also a thing where like Ryan. Okay, so like not the cast version of Ryan Adams' good name, mm-hmm. but I want to cast version of Ryan Adams' good name. I don't do care. It. I'll do it. Okay, but the second that you decide that like in life your goal is to get married to Mandy Moore, mm-hmm. this is a point in your life where you have like made a very clear decision that like the teenage the the ex teenage pop star mm-hmm. is at this point in your life. The zenith of your romantic aspiration. Like, there it is. Mandy Moore. Like, you didn't look around or think about anybody else or whatever. And you go on, like, a path with, like, the former teenage pop star is where you're at. Because she's on a mm-hmm. certain level. It's like getting married to Jessica Simpson. Yeah. Like, you know you've got Kmart grand openings as, like, your life for, like, the next 5, 10, 20, 30 years. Yeah. And if you are, like, a sensitive rocker, dude, guy, man thing. What fits the narrative? You know that, but you, but you know that your level of sensitivity is going to be turned into, like, McDonald's. Yeah. You know that, like, because your life is McDonald's at this point. But, it, but if you give into that, and I want to play a track right now. That and I feel started, like that, he did. Well, yeah, he, oh, he definitely did. But I want to play a track right now. You sound like we're mad. We're not. We're just. No. But, but this track, it perfectly illustrates this because it's called Doomsday. And if I'm <laughs> listening to a track called Doomsday on, a, uh, on an album about divorce, it better, like, again, it better floor me. Uh, it doesn't. So here, but here's Doomsday. <laughs>
Doomsday. It's like he's written that song at least five times before. The most the the most obvious uh, descendant, or that's a descendant of Firecracker. Yeah. Uh, which is off gold or rock and roll? I'm not sure, but it was a hit because it made it into like a Sandra yeah. Bullock movie. Rock and roll, rock and roll. Yeah, yeah. Follow up. And again, I can't like square if if I have to, I can't square the idea of you're telling me it's about this and then you're giving me this, which is so non like emotionally connected. And maybe that's what it is. Okay. So there's a there's a thing with people like humans who listen to music. Yeah. We're like there's a there's a there's a in that lowest common denominator class of music fan. Like I always equate it to like the one time okay, so I went to Farm Aid last year. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I went to Farm Aid and I walked around Farm Aid. I was supposed to write an article for Bryce Young Things and I did. But the biggest the best part about Farm Aid was walking around and like observing people that really, really like year to year, like really dig Farm Aid and like all of the bands yeah. that play at these events, and it's like they love Dave Matthews Band, and they love Counting Crows, and yeah. they love. And the thing about these people as well is like I found them like after just like hearing their conversations and like watching them kind of like groove out. It like emotionally, music serves this like very juvenile, like emotional right. space that right. doesn't age much past like twenty one. Like no, you're right. Yeah, that's so. It's like. But that's pop music. Yeah, but it's like, and that's the thing. It's like, to me, I hear a song like that, and I go like, yeah, I was 20 years old, and I was around a campfire, trying to cozy up next to some some dumb girl right. that like I was kind of into, and I'm like, yeah, girl, this song could be about us, or whatever. Yeah. And you don't know what the song is even about, but you're like, the feels. Right, right. Like, yeah. Right. No, I'm no he's, he's an expert at feels, Rocket Building a Mood. He just keeps building the same mood over and over. Because people and love over. that mood. They love that mood, but I, I guess it makes me sad, knowing from whence he came... Uh, that you have an artist that, it, it, to make it clear, is capable of remarkable things. Yeah. It, not only is he, think about it, 16 albums in 17 years. Right. I mean, that says two things about a guy. Number one, he's prolific. And number two, he found a thing and just, like, beat it like a drum. It says a third thing. He needs an editor. Because you, should, <laughs> you shouldn't put out that many albums. Maybe, and maybe that's what it is. If he didn't put out so many albums and he didn't just be like, fart something out. I mean, for, and God, that's that's not even including, like, his metal album. Yeah. Which is horrible. <laughs> Because he didn't have an editor. And and so from an artistic standpoint, it's like, dude, props. You have your own label now, Pax Am. Yeah. It's incredible. If they get more people into this model of making shit, mm-hmm. I mean, that's how we did Taylor Swift's album. He was yeah. just like, I fucking have so much money right now that I, I can do that. He yeah. has the luxury to do this and then keeps turning out uh, acceptable work, like passable work, but and not tremendous work. It it. Makes me itch in you know, here in 2017. I, I want to find a, I want to find Ryan Adams' manager and say, take the guitar and and the, the keyboard mm-hmm. away from him and just send him on a quest around the world, like send him to like <laughs> South Africa and Malaysia, mm-hmm. wherever you can send somebody yeah. to like find a whole different side of himself. This man is go, recent, on, a, go on a vision quest. Yeah, he's recently divorced. Yeah. And just needs to get away from, like, life. Yeah. Because the thing about this record is, like, this is what happens, like, as somebody who's, like, been in a lot of relationships and, like, dealt with the time where you're not in a relationship and you feel like, I have to do something. Right. To, like, feel like a man yeah, yeah. again. Yeah. 
Like, you know, I've done a lot of dumb things in that time. Mm-hmm. Like, a-, a lot of them. Are you saying this was a dumb thing? Yes! <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely! Well, well. <laughs> this is a record that happens when you're like, I have to conquer my yeah. creativity again. Yeah. I'm gonna be a man! Yeah. And make an album with fire and sticks and brimstone. Yeah. Yeah. I, I And that's what you get! I, 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 think, I, I think I'm with you on that. I, I think... Uh, as a big fan of this guy, I just, I, I'm not, I, I want to feel it again. Yeah. I like feels. I want to send this, I, like I said, this, this could be a great start for the next era of his career. Where like, well, you, but so this is an interesting thing. I want, I want to get out of this because, mm-hmm. because we're running a little long, yeah. but, but this is an interesting thing and, and we'll be talking about this on another podcast. And, uh, I'm also sort of bringing this up. So. People listening who like this, basic ass people, yeah, <laughs> will know our friend Sean Barna. Yeah, he just played at Rock and Roll Hotel here in DC, and he has an album. We don't know when it's coming out. It's called Pictures of an Exhibitionist. He's a direct descendant of Ryan Adams yes, songwriting. Yes, he is. Direct descendant of him. Hundred ten percent. Direct descendant of of like Counting Crows type of songwriting. Mm-hmm. All of that stuff. I feel that I make fun of his Irish brogue all day long, and and full disclosure, he's a really good friend of mine. But I feel that, and he's working in the same like medium where he can take a generalized thing and just add pepper it with specific things. Yeah, he's a he's a fucking good songwriter. Yeah, that's As not is that, Ryan Adams. that's not gen- but it's that's not generic because I don't feel it anymore from him. Like okay, so like my, my last point on this is that um okay, so like there's the thing where like Sting, you like Sting, I like yeah. Sting. We're like <laughs> Sting reached a point. As a creator, where he was this like, exactly the same. Yeah. I'm gonna go off and just kind of journey around the world and find music that I like, and I'm gonna create music that expands upon the one thing that I do really, 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 really well, which is like write songs. Yeah. But I'm gonna like ex- examine my songwriting through like a million different lenses. I would love for Ryan Adams to do that. Yeah. Just now, travel to, and to see be clear, the world. To be clear, though, nobody likes those Sting records. I don't like those Sting records, but I respect them. Yeah. Because at post. He he made Ten Summoners Tales, and then I think it was like Mercury Falling or Rising. Ten Summoners Tales was pushing the edge of what he could do, especially yeah. coming off an album like Soul Cages, which this day is devastating. Right. Uh, and then made a almost pop album, and you're like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and then had the one with that. Yeah. Right. And Desert Rose is great, by the way. No, it's not. What anybody says. No, it's not. But, uh, but he did that. And that's when he fell off. That's when right. he lost his sort of soul. And and that's, I think, what Ryan Adams needs to find again, too. Because you listen to the latter Sting stuff. You even listen to stuff he sort of revisits. He did a musical. Yeah. This is an overlooked album, too. He did a musical, and the soundtrack is actually quite good. Because it takes all this stuff, like you said. He went and found all these things that he wants to explore. Yeah. Because what the fuck else does Sting have to do? Ryan Adams, same thing. He has made, what six, the fuck? He has made fuck? 16 albums in 17 the, years. What the fuck do you else have to do, Ryan Adams? <laughs> right. You don't need to go on tour. Right. Like, just... He made 16 yeah. albums in 17 right. years. Take a break. At, at what point, he's toured all around the world. He's seen yeah. all the people. He's been married. He's been divorced. Yeah. He's... I hooked up with every single groupie he could think of in the world, and now he just needs to go off and do stuff. Yeah, because he's—that's what you do. Yeah, yeah. I I can't. <laughs> it's just because I. Yeah, I, I I know he's won, but I, I want to see him really win. Yeah, and, and not just win because people uh, are are lax in their discretion with what they listen to. Yeah, the people are accepting of just 
Here's the same thing. Tastes like a chicken McNugget. Let's eat it. Yeah. McNuggets uh, are delicious. Like I said, what are you going to do with this, Marcus? Um, what, are the, what are the choices again? Because huh. I know they're different this year. Yeah, no, they're not really that different. Uh, buy it, try it, or pass. I'd try it. Yeah. I'd try it, try it. I, I listened to it this morning when I was cleaning the apartment. So, yeah, yeah. do that. Okay. I'm going to do the same. Good. I'm going to try it. I try out everything he does. And, and uh, yeah. But... Try it out future. That was that's yeah, I did. Up. I did. I'm not going to do that again. <laughs> Um, and, and I would encourage, uh, as I always do when we have artists that are like this prolific, this for another career, go back and listen to, I've been doing a really great thing for myself of listening to an album that I've never heard every yeah. morning. And you can go back, you can be a fan of Ryan Adams and never heard Heartbreaker. I believe that. Yeah. So go back and find it. Go back and listen to Whiskey Town if you haven't listened to it. Listen to, like, there's all these weird demos out there. Get into his, honestly, get into his live shows on the live archive. Mm-hmm. So, like, archive.org. You can find uh, live tapes of him and uh, Neil Casal, who was in the Cardinals, who's now sort of in the Cass McCombs, Bob Weir, the, the dead zone. Yeah. Uh, amazing fucking musician. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he guided that era of Ryan Adams. I'm convinced that, uh, that he was the one. Uh, so do that, but give it a try. Uh, but it, you know, we'll still hang out, waiting for the next big motherfucker. There's lost control. Feel like I made it for a break down. Feel like I made it for a break down. Feel like I'm missing and I can't come down. Ryan Adams, Prisoner, is available everywhere, and I do mean everywhere that you can get records. You can, can get... Can you get it? Can you get it with, like, uh, a Papa John's pizza? You probably can. You uh, should. Like, this should be marketed like that. It'll make him a lot more money. I am sort of intrigued by the, the set that it has, like, you, you... It's a mobile or a diorama, and you set up, like, cardboard cutouts of him and a pinball machine, and we didn't even talk about any of that yeah. shit. But pinball machine and, and video games is... Like, that's actually some that's some fun marketing, but uh, yeah. it doesn't doesn't make the album better. No, it's <laughs> so, not. It's not at all. Uh, before we get out of here this week, I want to play a track, and usually I do these in the in the confines of my basement, just me and the cast checking this out. But I want to do this with you here, Marcus, because yes. I, I think this is something you know we've talked a lot. You've talked a lot about South Africa, yes, and, yes, stuff, I have. and stuff coming it's up and, and infiltrating uh, our our airwaves and our minds. Uh, the the band we're going to play has an album coming out on Merge. Uh, Ibibio Sound Machine. Um, the the album is called uh, Uwe. Yeah, U Y A I. It's gonna be out on March third. It's a London-born Nigerian singer, Ina Williams. Uh, Ibibio Sound Machine's clash of African uh, and electronic elements inspired cool. by Equal Measure by the Golden Era, West African funk, disco, modern, post-punk, and electro. That's straight from the thing. I like it. Um, I like it already. That the reason I wanted to highlight this, and I think we're gonna review this album. Is because we know what Merge is. Yeah. And Merge heard this shit and was like, yeah, let's go. Yeah. So uh, here's Give Me a Reason off of uh, Bibio Sound Machine's upcoming album. No,
Radio Sound Machine. Give me a reason out on Merge Records on March 3rd. What do you think, Mr. Dunn? I think it's great. Um, I think that the thing that people have to understand about anything coming out of South Africa right now, especially from places like Durban and Johannesburg, especially also Cape Town, yeah. those three places especially, um, I run heavy in the streets of South Africa. I've yeah. been covering global dance music for better part of 10 years. So um, kids making music in Durban, yeah. Cape Town, Johannesburg, they believe that they're on the cusp of like the next wave. Like people who made punk rock and post-punk in New York City mm-hmm. in the Lower East Side in the late 70s were like, we're making the most relevant important music in the world. Mm-hmm. Because they were. Like, you know, like television or, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, bands like that. Which we just that discussed. Like, right. You know, like, yeah, we're making the relevant music. So, like, when you hear this music, just understand that these are people who, like, are coming from this space, this space of, like, complete and utter cultural over-awareness and absolute freedom. So, like, when you hear music like this and you, you're hearing, like, techno mash, mashing up with post-punk, mashing up next to, like, mm-hmm. you know, rap break beats and, like, that kind of, like, hip-hop influence. All this kind of influence is all, like, melding together. Like, it's very much on purpose, and it's well, very much intentional, and it's very and much, it's like, clear, trying to be cool. And it's clearly going, I mean, this is in, this is Nigerian, so this is yeah. clearly, like, this part of the country is, yeah. is sort of seeing this renaissance. Yeah, and they're pulling in influences. Like, the funny thing is, like, South Africa getting influenced by Nigeria, which is the other place in the world right now, especially in Africa, where people making music there are like, we are making the most relevant music in the world. Like, mm-hmm. at some point, people need to get on, like, Nigerian rap music. Which is funny because, like, every single American rapper you know wants to go to Nigeria at some point and play, like, five shows. Because Lagos is, like, the the epicenter. So it's like, when you have a South African artist looking up at, like, Nigeria and going, I'm going to grab this. Yeah. Because it's the most relevant pop music in the world. Mm Mm-hmm. Like yeah. on that like hyper cutting edge of where music is headed. So yeah. like I'm glad you're actually talking about this. It yeah. sounds really cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll get you the album. I don't think I sent it to you, but I'll get you the album. Yeah, 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 please do. It's fucking it's fucking great. So that's out March third. Cool. Uh, that is our podcast. Thank you, uh, Mr. Allen, for spending the Sunday right, afternoon man. down here. No problem. Bashing Ryan Adams. We weren't bashing him, man. It's all it's all it's all it's love. All love uh, man. We'll be back in a, next week. We are going to have an interview with Bobby Thompson from across the river. Ooh. Nice. Revelator Hill. I believe that's that blues rock you like. Yeah. He has an album coming out uh, soon, and we're going to be talking about that. So he, he swung by a couple weekends ago. And uh, and then I think we're going to be talking about Mr. Miles Mosley. Yeah. Yeah. I'm ready for that. Yeah. At the end of this week, though, uh, we spent some time down here, myself, Eduardo, and Carrie talking about television. Which is wild. It was it was a good conversation. I'm so stoked for that's, that. that's me Thursday. It's it's not as deep as the George Michael, but it is pretty good. <laughs> uh, so uh, thank you 5, guys. Five thousand downloads later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you guys for listening. If you like it, tune in and subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Mixcloud. Uh, we aren't on YouTube, but should we be on YouTube? I don't know. Uh, SoundCloud. Be. We're we're pretty much fucking everywhere. Thanks to our new sort of host for the podcast, Pippa. They're Kill killing them. it. They're yeah. killing it. Uh, helping us out there and uh, we'll be back in a few short days until then be good to your ears but be better to your people we'll talk to you soon
Kenobi. <laughs> 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 <laughs>